Good evening. So, this will actually, I know there's a couple of new faces here and a couple of people who are not here. This is going to actually end this series on, uh, we'll be talking about anger and working on it. And we'll probably take a couple week break. Uh, reason being, because I actually want people to inculcate and get something from what we did just to go on to the next topic, I think would be a loss. Because as, as mentioned in the beginning, six weeks ago or seven weeks ago, that me sitting here and talking about this is very enjoyable for me, and I'm having a fun time. Uh, it may even be enjoyable for others, uh, but we're really here to work on ourselves. And true avayda, true work means work. It means inculcating and incorporating anything that we discussed. I will put on this week on the bulletin, and it will be on the website, uh, the previous six lectures. So uh, anyone who missed or anyone who wants to review, and I would strongly encourage people to review and to do all the exercises that we've mentioned, uh, I used it tonight. I'll tell you exactly what happened. Just, just, uh, I, I got home 5.20, and due to unfortunate circumstances, the menorah was not set up. It was all supposed to be set up. It was halfway set up. I literally, I had a 6 o'clock emergency phone call, which I had to be on. I had to eat dinner <laughs> in between. Uh, and I had to have my kids jump on me in between at one point. <laughs> so, now, when this, and, and my, my today because I literally had a crazy day today so this is a recipe for stress I'm, I'm, you know when you are time constrained mm-hmm. and what should be a very pleasant menorah lighting and dinner with the family limited though it was tonight uh, could actually have been uh, a sc- stressful or being upset and as I mentioned and I'll, I'll tell you what went through my mind my first lecture on the, not the small steps lecture, which is the first lecture, but the second lecture, I discussed how egregious anger is. Like, even a second of anger, even a moment, even a thought, like, that to me was on my mind. Right? Just a moment that anger is such a, an awful thing. And as I mentioned, anger, of course, could manifest itself in multiple ways. It could be literally, you know, a person bellowing, screaming, upset, or just showing upsetness, agitated, stressed, all a product of uh, anger. And, you know, these kind of, this topic which we've been discussing, again, it's it, 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 it so much better. So, could you imagine the following thing? Come home, you know, most of my kids I really haven't seen today. Haven't had a pretty busy day. You know, come late, I, I, things popped up in the afternoon. So I saw two kids, four kids I didn't see at all, you know, you know because they, they left before I even got home. So I'm going to be, see them for 30 minutes, 35 minutes. Now that's not always the case. It happens to be tonight. I had this six o'clock call, which I had to be on for. It was a multiple people on this call. Uh, couldn't be pushed off. So I'm going to be with my family for literally 35, 40 minutes. I got to let the Hanukkah candles, and then of course I have mouse sore. Let me tell you what mouse sore is like. I have every kid fighting to dance. We, we dance my mouse sore in our house, and everyone wants to fight. So it should be pleasant. Now everyone wants to hold. It's not nothing to do with me. My mother, you know, you know, it, everyone wants to hold my hands. So they're pushing each other. Who's going to hold, you know, Tati's hands? Right? So it could have been like a disaster. Here I have 35 minutes. I could have been all upset. I could have been like stressed out or, or not enjoy the moment. But I was thinking, you know, and, and, and again, I was so rushed because I had to, I, I literally, I ate dinner at 5.52. I was done at 5.59. Okay. It was very enjoyable, but it was, uh, but it was stress. It was, it was, it was pushed. That you could now that could lead, you know, to being upset, to being angry, to screaming, screaming at my kids, screaming at my wife, 
And that would have been awful. That would have been absolutely terrible. And as I mentioned, we may think to ourselves, yes, and this should not be like this. They should, when I get home, my should be calm and cool, and the dinner should be ready, cancer should be ready, and I'm stressed, I have a legitimate reason, it's not only for me, but it up. But one second of anger, I just remind us when we discuss it, one second is terrible, is awful, is rips up our soul to an extent as we discussed. So, everything we do, that we've discussed the past few weeks is so important, is so, so beneficial, and to the extent that we, we grow, we conquer, it's not all or none. Right? It's not all or none, but any level, any qualitative level will be tremendous. I would suggest, and I would recommend, even for the big time note takers here, I know some people have probably have very thorough notes, uh, uh, you, know, I, you know, to listen to the lectures again. I, 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 I have my greatest critic on this is, is my mother. She actually went to these lectures. She thought they were fantastic. So, um, <laughs> and she actually made one of them at one point. So she asked me recently, how come I wasn't in the past lecture? So, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's, and there are all sort of people who can't make it here. And, and people who told me, People who've listened to the lectures, like who some people just do health issues or whatever, have not been able to. They listen to it multiple times, and they told me that listening to it more than once, they gained more. So, I would recommend that people listen to it again in the next couple weeks, really to implement the things we discussed. Because it's not for me; it's for all of us. I mean, we gain. We, you know, if you you work on it, you'll actually change your lives. And as discussed in the beginning, it's changing your life, changes everyone around you, it changes your friends, it changes your family, it changes your relationships, it changes your relationship to Hashem. So it's really, really worthwhile. I'm like almost sad to let this topic go after today, but there are other things you have to work on to, to, to take the time to work on it. Just to review what we did last time. So we were discussing the goal of us all, hopefully. All of our goal. What should all of our goal be? All of our goal should be to be ambassadors for Torah, ambassadors, for Hashem, um, to be community individuals. Not just to, to live and to be for ourselves, but to truly be uh, a community figure and a community individual. Being a community figure and a community individual is a goal for all of us. That's a much higher level. That's a level that we should, uh, we should strive for. We have different times in life. Sometimes we're more... Uh, you know, it's a, it's in, 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 in terms of a, a concept of Shana Rishona, first year of marriage. First year of marriage, halakhically, you're supposed to spend time with your spouse. According to the Torah, you're supposed to spend extra time with your spouse. Building your marriage. Working your marriage. So at that point, it would not be advisable <laughs> to be running around building a community, working on others. But there are other, or you have little kids, family comes first. But all of us should aim for affecting our world and, and, and doing things, whether it's in, as, a, as a figure, whether a person's a rabbi, rabbitson, you know, principal, teacher, uh, head of the Chavakadisha or Bikr Cholim, or it's just affecting the people around us, right? Taking a leadership position in any way, form, or fashion. And as I mentioned, there's nothing more profound that you can do than that. I mean, that is should be a goal of ours. And everyone has a different personality, uh, different strengths, different focuses, but all of us have what to contribute. All of us should aim to think beyond ourselves. Um, I'm not going to repeat what I said last week, I'm not going to leave my drushes for the past years of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, but certainly, each of us should think how we can better the world around us. Well, to do that, 
to be a community leader. So we, we mentioned who are the greatest, Moshe and Aaron. And what did the Medrash say that Hashem told Moshe and Aaron, Moses and Aaron? Right? You have to be willing you have to, that the Jewish people could be sarbonim, difficult, strong-minded, and you better be willing to take curses, willing to take curses and get rocks thrown at you. Right? That's what it takes to be a leader. Right? People who are not gracious, people who are unappreciative, people who quickly forget the good things you did to them, people who only know how to complain when things are not perfect. Right? That's, and a leader has to know that, and you have to be patient for that. Dealing with all types of people, right? all p- types of idiosyncrasies, all types of narishkites. Everyone knows what narishkite means? Craziness. Craziness, okay? All types of, you know, sensitivities, curveballs, you know, you try, again, I give an example of, you know, you, you try to help somebody, and it didn't work out, and it's, you know, that is, I, 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 this is something I mentioned, and I, and I want to encourage people, everyone should think about Shaduchan, setting people up, okay, setting people up for a Shaduchan. What a chesed, what a tremendous thing, you marry somebody off, you have a, you think about this, you have a part, not only in that marriage, but of all future generations. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that mind-boggling? You think about... You marry two people off. Now, of course, we're marrying off two people who should be married. <laughs> we're not setting up two people who have no... You know, if somebody's observant, somebody's not, it won't be a good marriage because you'll throw the people off for eternity. Right? Two people who are good people, you set them up, you are creating a line that's going to go to Mashiach. Right? Literally for generations. You know, they said that... Ra- that, that Almost thirty percent of Ashkenazic Jewry are descendants of Rashi at some at some level. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, the house, the Ashkenazic Jewry at one point was very small. So, uh, so thirty percent. Can you imagine who made Rashi Shirach? Forgetting that they made Rashi, right? You can. You're you have thirty percent of Ashkenazic Jewry. You have a part in. Right? I mean, that you set somebody up. So, so let me explain. For those who have never been involved in Shaduchan, what it takes. Because I've done it dozens of times. And I, and, I, and I started when I was in Lakewood in Yeshiva, when I was quite young. And my wife was like, quite young, first year of marriage, we all had friends, and we're setting them up. Most people don't say thank you. Most people complain when it doesn't work out. They say thank you, but it's half-hearted. It's like, you call them up to try to set them up. I'm not interested in this person. When I say, they always say thank you if it works, by the way. <laughs> I'm saying you thank you when it doesn't work. Where it's annoying. Why are you call, you know, this person? It's the first reaction that you did call for a shidduch should be. And somebody thought about me to set me up. So it's a crazy idea. Maybe it's off the wall, but they're doing me a favor. Right? Is that a chesed? Thank you so much. Happens to be. Of course, you don't date somebody if it's not, if it's not appropriate. It's no mitzvah to date someone. It's mitzvah to get married. Right? Somebody sets you up or offers you something, fantastic. Thank you very much. Right? You get involved, you call them back, you, you, you need an answer from the person. Yes, no, you can't have the answer. I don't know. Uh, well, don't bother me. Uh, hey. And you have to deal with the mother. I, I once dealt with somebody's mother. I can't tell you. Like, she acted like I was asking her for, for, for her bank account. I'm helping her child. <laughs> Right? Like, I'm doing her thing, and she's giving me a, a song and dance. Right? But you know what? Do you know what? 
even if I didn't set this person up, I was giving them an opportunity. I was involved in the chassid. I had no regret I wanted to, and I took it. I mean, I'm just, I'm just giving an example. In your involved in Shaduchen, you can't expect people to pat you on the back and say, thank you so much. You're doing great things. I mean, we're not, we're not, we're, person, and, and if you don't do it, you've lost the opportunity to, to create generations. So that was my point last week. If, a, not, uh, uh, using the author, of course, that we can do great things, but if we're not patient, and we can't have a, a grasp on not getting angry, just Shaduchan is an easy example, because you deal with all kinds of people, and you can give up. There are people who never set people up because they, they got burnt. And they gave up a tremendous amount, and had they worked on themselves to be patient and accepting and realizing that in this job of being a public servant, at whatever level you do it, whether you're doing shaduchin, whether you're inviting guests, whether you're setting up guests, I, 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 every year I, 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 I'm intimately involved in setting up people for sadarim and people for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur meals. And every year, without a fail, multiple last-minute cancellations. Okay? So I will tell you, usually the people who get in trouble with last-minute cancellations, the people who make the food, and they get upset at the people who set them up. <laughs> right? Not the people who don't show up. They, you set them up. You called somebody to set them up. Right? No, no, no. Instead of the rabbi, I don't get upset, but I can hear the frustration. Right? You did a mitzvah. You set up, you cook food for somebody, it didn't work out. That's the life. You can't expect that every time you do something to try to do a good act, it's going to work out. Yeah? But people have this expectation. Then they get upset. I'm not cooking for anyone anymore. I'm not inviting people anymore. If you want to be able to be a public servant, you want to be able to do great things, you got to be able to say things don't work out. you got to be able to handle the pressures. You want to be on a board of, a, of, a, of the shul, or a, the shul is pretty, pretty easy. There are other places which are a lot more, you know, take, you can rip your heart out. <laughs> and if you let it, right? But if you want to be great, so you got to have the ability to be patient and to be tolerant and to be understanding and to be understanding and to be uh, giving and if we, if we do that right, then we gain so, so one of the things we discussed last week is building ourselves up to be able uh, to get to that point that was one but yes well that was my question since we're new and we missed the last six sessions can you in a nutshell tell us how to get that ability right, so you can, I'm going to tell you in a nutshell listen to the lectures okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> it will be online it will be online uh the next thing we discussed last week, um, and you know, having discussed the previous weeks about working ourselves up not to get angry, not to get frustrated, being patient, is the times where the real curveball in life, something, something, something outrageous. Remember the case I gave? You were going to your first cousin's wedding, right? This was the first cousin who your whole entire extended family is going to her wedding. You made the tickets six months in advance. You told your husband, be ready. Right? And he, he, for no good reason, got delayed. You missed the flight, now you're missing the wedding. Your whole family was counting. You were excited for weeks and months. You were talked about it. You want to strangle your husband. You can't believe you're missing this wedding where your family's flying in from Israel and England, right? From South America, from Australia, and everyone's there, and you were supposed to be there. You haven't seen your cousins from Australia for seven years. Your parents are there. And your husband made you miss the flight. You were ready two hours early. You want, you can't, the anger, the upsetness, the disappointment is tremendous. Right? A, a good friend, 
steals from you and someone else literally steal, but they have a disagree, whatever it may be. You really want, you're really upset. It's not a normal everyday occurrence. We were, previous weeks we were discussing everyday occurrences. Every day in the human life, there are going to be frustrations. Okay, that's the real world. The real world has yedder tag every single day with things that don't happen the way you like. Your husband, or your mother, or your children are going to... And we discussed this at length, so I'm not going to reiterate that. That was what we discussed for weeks. Last week we discussed what if something really happens which is beyond belief. So how does a person be successful in that? Right? How do we not lose ourselves? Because remember, anger is, is poison. <laughs> right? It's literally spiritual poison. It's never acceptable. Even in, the, when, in, this, in this case where you missed a sweating, which is was your, all you could think about for weeks. Right? It it, it, things don't work out the way you like. It doesn't mean you can eat pig. Right? All of us would agree, if you miss the wedding, you're not eat pig. Right? If you miss the wedding, you're not allowed to murder somebody. So it doesn't allow you to do anger. Anger is a sin. Right? Anger is destructive. So just because you're in a terrible situation, so again, now it's perhaps something which is um, more reasonable and again for those who weren't here we discussed at length communication and perhaps articulating why you're upset and what could be that's for sure important and should be done but losing yourself would be awful yes pardon me if I would ask you a question you're describing the way the woman would react but different people different women would react differently to the same thing at this point how does the husband feel what do you mean how does he react well, uh, right, so just, you know, just because you're new this week, we, uh, it's a great question, but it, it, all of us is the same thing. That's kind of what we're, we're you know, we're going to focus on ourselves. We're, we're, all of us cannot get angry. That's what we're, talk, what we're talking about. I mean, that anger is always a sin and anger is always awful. So, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just all things, just because, ladies, just because I, 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 ask me all the questions after just because in general in this class, we're not asking questions unless it's, you know, also we're a little bit new here, so just bec- just because in the, in the time, I, I do I do want questions, and you should feel free to ask me afterwards. Um, so the the answer we discussed is a remarkable Gemara. The Gemara says in two places that certain tonight went up to, and again, this is not literal, uh, but Rabbi Shmuel Bar and others went up into the, the Kodesh Kedush and Yom Kippur. In the, this, the Holy of Holies. And God said to Bishmol, give me a blessing. <laughs> now, and the Gemara, of course, the Talmud learns out from there that any, every blessing is worthwhile. By the way, anyone who gives you a blessing, as I mentioned last week, say amen. Hey, a good blessing is a blessing. You don't, and what that means is a different discussion. But what was God, what was the blessing he gave God? What's the blessing that God wanted another Gemara? That his mercy should overcome his anger. The mercy should overcome the anger. What did the Gemara mean? So as we expounded upon last week, here God gives the Jewish people everything. He gives us the Torah. He gives us everything. Right? And you look at the Jewish people. Oh, we're not living up to all of our potential. Right? He, as He gives a Jew life, they can be eating non-kosher. They can be disrespectful to their parents. They can be transgressing the Sabbath. I mean, He gave them everything. 
Right? Even today, God gives us the land of Israel, the state of Israel, unbelievable. Are we using it the way we're supposed to? Be? Is all Jews in Israel keeping Shabbos? <laughs> right? Is that, of course, that God gives us the land of Israel, not for us to have uh, soccer teams on Shabbos. Certainly, we should keep Shabbos. That's the goal for all of us. Right? God, what a chesed. Right? What a remarkable thing that after 2,000 years in the exile, the Jewish people came back. Right? There were Christians for generations that would be the wandering Jew. And we're all back. Unbelievable. A chesed of Hashem. God's kindness. God's kindness. Right? And of course, there are many, many, many great Jews doing great things, but do we really appreciate it? <laughs> Could you, when you really think about it, do we really appreciate the miracle of miracles? Right? God's constantly merciful. Why is God merciful to us? Because He loves us. He loves us. And we discuss this as follows. That if you want to overcome your anger, because the people we get the most upset at are the people we're closest to. Our spouses, our children, our parents, our good friends. Because most people, it doesn't phase us that much. We don't think twice about it. You have to love the person. If you love your husband, if you really loved your husband, even though he did this terrible thing, right, by, by making you miss this wedding, you will temper your upsetness. Because you truly love the person. He's your husband. Right? And we said that that love has to come at times when you're not upset. Right? I give an example uh, that I, I, I will typically look at my children before they go to sleep at night or go into their rooms and look at them all and, you know, and, and, and I, have, I can't imagine going to sleep at night without doing that. Every night I go to my children they're all sleeping I have a loving feel, feeling to my children. Therefore, the next day, when they're not as angelic as when they're sleeping, <laughs> and they wake up, and they take the cereal, they spill on the table, and this one's complaining, I love them. And if I really love them, I can't get that upset at them. If you really love your spouse, there's nothing worth jeopardizing that love, because or, 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 it tempers it. Right? You, that love, the rachamim, overcomes the anger. Which means that, of course, so if you miss that wedding, it's understandable to be very disappointed. It's understandable. It's understandable to communicate with your spouse. But if you love your spouse, and anger is poison, so now you would do, you'd say, listen, I need a few minutes, <laughs> or a few hours, <laughs> or a day or two, and then we'll talk about this. Right? Because you, you, that love, right, that love is going to tell you, I can't go crazy on him. And the, the, and the realization with that that anger is a sin and anger is poison. Because let's imagine the following thing. Let's go back to that wedding example I gave last week. You missed that wedding. You're so upset. There's a word in the English vernacular, livid. Okay? And you scream at your husband. You say things that, please explain to me what you've accomplished. (laughs) Did you go to the wedding? No. Did you get yourself even more upset? Yes. When you do that, you'll get yourself even more upset, more depressed, more angry. Did you did you destroy your spiritual standing at that? Yes. You know why? Because you look at people who are angry, as I mentioned. See how they see how they seem. See, let them go pray at that moment after they scream their head off. See how they pray. Right? Let, let them interact with people. You look at their face. It looks like I mean, you've destroyed themselves. So getting angry and screaming got a person nowhere. And probably a person couldn't say things that will hurt their relationship for years. 
So that is not the normal action. So how do we get out of that? So those are the two two facets. Number one, realizing that anger is always a sin, always poison, never acceptable. And number two, right, having a sense of love, a sense of perspective to your spouse, to your children, to your parents, right, to your good friends. And that tempers any upsetness. Okay, that was what we discussed last week. So, Adayin lo niskara hadas betikon hakas. Harei komi shemufka bidei chinach o hanhagas rabim v'yechidim ba midei pam lamata shu chayavaraskas. Now, until today, we've been discussing stay away from any anger. But there are times, and we even said when you're practicing that 15 minutes or half hour during dinner time or whatever it be you know communicating gently right even when you have to communicate because your kids spilling the ketchup being able to do without losing yourself that's what we had discussed but there are times where a face of anger has to be shown where or whether it's to children whether it's you're in a public position you have to seem upset okay seem upset Chayiv laharus. Because you're going to give an impression of being upset. V'alkama shu roch makash asher bechik silay nuach. Matzah shu chayiv luchos who alav lispatzres bekas alhasha. So you have to show your anger. But when you get angry, right, you can lose yourself. Right. Here, here's classic case. Kid runs across the street. You see the car screech and stop. Right? Now, your child who you love just almost died. <laughs> right? This, this is a time when the kid has to realize, this can't take a sunny, this is, you shouldn't have done that. You gotta, but if you start screaming at the kid, what happens to you? You, you get angry. Right? You start back, and discuss, the kid, when he sees a parent who's out of control, or a husband, since we're all wives borrowing myself, right? right when, when a person sees someone out of control, you don't hear the message, what do you see? A lunatic. Right. My mom's a lunatic. She's sitting there screaming at me. Uh, it, you may pick up, but you look at the person and they're out of control. So here at one level, the kid needs to be realize this is serious business. Right? You cannot run across the street. At the same level, right? you can't lose yourself in the process. This applies to any situation of that sort. The great 18th century Italian Kabbalist says as follows, Even in a time where it's a mitzvah, for example, a rabbi and a student, a father and a child, you gotta push them, you gotta punish them. Listen, my kids, I don't know how to push over with my kids, <laughs> you ask them. Right? You can't get any, it's not, I'm not doing them any benefit by not educating them. A, a, a rabbi, a good Rosh Hashiva, a good role is going to push somebody. You're not going to let a person be unmolded. You want to mold somebody. You want to craft somebody. Uh, you want to develop somebody. Uh, you got to push them. Are good teachers? They, 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 are they pushovers? So on. No. 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 You have to. Yeah. And, and the more, the more you invest, the, the more you invest, right? Mm-hmm. If you just watch and don't push, is that is that any effective teacher? No. Right. So, no, that's not a good teacher. No, and and if it doesn't work, once you do it again and again and again until the, the kid gets a lesson. I, I mean, the, anyone who wants to mold the crap, so you have to be able, you have to be able to, to to push them, and even give them a hard time, give someone a hard time. That's to the benefit, but not because. 
without ever angering. Never when you... Well, what is anger as it discussed way in the beginning? Internal upsetness. Internal anger. Ki mahadrik osam ederich yashara v'hakas shiyur lahem yakas hapnim lo kaslev And that anger, says the Ramchal, says the Ramchal, says the Ramchal, in his magnum opus, in the Silas Yashara, in the Path of the Just, that anger is never internal. It's never kasapnim. Kasapnim is poison. Never allowed. Ever. Even at a time we were obligated to be, to show upsetness. Never allowed. Always poison. But you have to show them you're upset because the kid's not going to learn a lesson. The kid, the kid's not going to learn a lesson. A relative who doesn't realize the consequences of this, right, who doesn't understand that something is egregious, something is problematic, and you're, you want them to understand that. You're a teacher who wants to get a message across to a student. Right? You're a friend. Your friend is about to marry somebody who's mentally ill. Okay? Mentally ill. Do you know what it means to do, marry someone who's mentally ill? <laughs> you'll be a rabbi. You'll, you'll know what it means. <laughs> they have vacations. You'll see how it affects your life. I mean, people's lives. You know your friend has no reason to marry this person. If, if you're not getting the message, right? And this person is, uh, again... There could be situations where a person is schizophrenic. Your friend has nothing, no reason to marry such a person. Are you, is that what you work, do you work, you've worked with them, right? Is it difficult marriages? Very difficult. Very difficult, right? I, I mean, your friend doesn't realize what they're doing. You should show them that you're upset. Because you're, you're out of love, right? Now, imagine it's not your friend. Imagine it's your sister, <laughs> right? Imagine, you know, it's your sister. Imagine that your mother and it's your daughter, Okay? Of course, you should you, you should you should you should have that again. Everything being equal, so how are you going to do it? You can't you can't be a situation where you know. Oh, I won't say anything. It has to be that you're you're, you're proactive, right? But never internal. So how do you do this, right? You see your kid run across the street. Most parents are upset. Most parents are livid. Right? You have a student, they're not listening. You have students. School's a little bit different. Let's, I'm actually pulled back from schools for a second. But it, your student, you have uh, a spouse. Okay. Let, let, quite frankly, if if someone's spouse is driving 90 miles on a highway, okay, going between cars, and you just say please stop, and they're not stopping, you should show me upset. He's endangering his life. We'll pick in the husband's here. He's endangering your life. If you have kids in the car, he's endangering their lives. Right. You went into a car accident at 90 miles an hour, somebody's going to die or get maimed for life. Okay? Sitting there and not showing of, uh, 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 something of being upset is reckless. So you have to <laughs> say, stop now. Right? I mean, you, and you, you know, but if anyone does drive 90 miles an hour, by the way, uh, it, it, I just want to just, you know, it's parenthetic, but it's worth it to say. One of two things happens according to Torah law, Torah's Torah perspective, besides getting a ticket or getting to jail, if you've done this before. <laughs> right? Either a person gets into an accident and gets hurt and dies, okay, or they lose merit. What it means is if you do something reckless, dangerous, take a gun and play Russian roulette, you lose merits. So it just as a side point, right, driving like a maniac is completely against the Torah. 
completely against the Torah. You're endangering your life by doing that. So now you have a husband. You have to tell him. Right? But you're screaming your head off at him. Let's go back to that match. You lose it. Right? First of all, you lose some credibility. You get all upset. You get yourself all riled up. So you can't get internally anger, angry. You have to explain to your husband that he's endangering your life, he's endangering his life, and if children in the car, he's endangering their lives. So how are you going to do it? So every situation is different. The Bali Musr, okay, the Bali Musr um, had an approach. So for example, the ultimate Kelm, the ultimate Kelm, the great of Sinchazisul, who is the foremost disciple of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter in Lithuania in the 19th, late 19th century. So he, what he would do is as follows. Whenever he'd have to educate his children, or he was a he was a he was a, a, a teacher par excellence. He created and crafted some of the greatest Torah scholars, and leaders of the, of the Jewish people. He had a special coat where he put on when he was getting upset because he had to be upset at that moment. He had to be upset, but he knew that that coat taught him. That when I'm upset, it cannot be internally upset. So imagine the following thing now. Your kid runs across the street. Okay? And you have to scream at him. Because he has to know, not to, or she has to know, not to run across the street. You go to him, you put on a coat. I'm not saying you should, this works for everyone. But you have a mind frame that I cannot get internally anger, angry. That was how he dealt with it. Your husband now needs to do it. By the way, as a general rule... If you could say, you know, pull over for a minute or whatever, you know, obviously to get out of the moment is better. Sometimes you have to actually, you don't have the luxury, right? You don't have the luxury. But the, the point is very often, if not most of the time, we do have that luxury, to, to take a break and get into this frame of mind that, you know, what, I sat with one of my kids recently. I wanted to, they needed to hear lightning, <laughs> So if I, at that moment, had I told, told that child that, I would have been very upset and I would have lost myself. I waited an hour. And then I did it. And I was not internally upset. And I was able to get the point across without being internally upset. Because when you're upset, what's going to happen if you start trying to, to, to show upsetness? You're gonna, you'll really get upset, right? So you have to get to the point where it's intellectual, where you realize you're doing it for the, for the person. And not for yourself. And this, of course, is great for communication. Sometimes husbands need this, need this as well. Right? You have to show them you're upset. But not when you're going to get internally upset. If a person does do that, so we go back, we revert. We hurt ourselves. We hurt our marriage. We hurt, we, we, we're doing a sin by getting angry for no reason. Um, and again, we rationalize. We rationalize. It's okay. And there's this circumstances. It's fine and it's not fine. <laughs> it doesn't accomplish what you need to accomplish anyways the internal anger. There's never a benefit, never a benefit of being internally angry. It only destroys ourselves. It, 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 as you start off, it takes away the Shekhinah, it takes away the divine presence from ourselves. Right? When we're upset, we can't connect to Hashem. So, that's not what Hashem wants from us. Hashem wants a Jew to ideally be connected every moment of the day. Right? Our goal is to connect to God every moment of the day. Sadiqim. This lady, Mrs. Robertson Kanyevsky, anyone ever heard her book, ever met her, 
Okay, she was connected. I don't know every moment of the day, but certainly way majority of the day, <laughs> she was connected to God. I mean, she lived with God in her presence. Well, if you're upset, you're angry. That's an immediate disconnect, even if it's for a good reason. That's an immediate. So God never wants that. Right? I mean, that anger is a disconnect. Ever. So, and, I, and I stress this because we can't we can't rationalize it for that reason. So the ultimate camel would would would, uh, would wear uh, would wear coats. Oh, Rabbi Rucham Levonitz would actually wait an hour whenever he had something to be to be angry about till he articulated that thing, and rightly so, he would wait an hour. He'd wait an hour to discipline his child. He had a co-worker in the yeshiva of Mir Yeshiva, and Rucham was a magisher. I I will tell you that great Torah scholars very often vehemently disagree on things, vehemently disagree because they take things seriously. Right? They're, they're, they're dealing with Torah is, is the holiest thing in the world. It's the most important thing. But if you, so you can have a very strong feeling. I'm positive that Yerucham Levavitz, when he was in the Mishim, had, had maybe the Rosh Hashiva, other people, they had disagreements. But he wouldn't say it when, in, for an hour. He wouldn't say it for an hour. Because no matter what, and he wanted to make sure there was never, not an, uh, an inch, not a moment of internal upsetness that when he would discuss it, he would get internally angry. And discuss it, not be connected to Hashem for that moment. Rip up his soul, that memory. Lose him or herself at that, at, at that moment. Bishiva also show, uh, uh, in the yeshiva, uh, of the Chavetz Chaim, you know the Chavetz Chaim, right? They had a time, of uh, they, they had an, out, an, an angry time. <laughs> They had an angry time. And every time, I don't know if it was once a week or once a day, five minutes, ten minutes, at that time, you, you would, the person would, would sit, would, would go down, right? And there was a time where you could say strongly what you felt, right? It was, so it was, it was a set time during the week. Imagine the following thing, where, you know, again, every family and every person works differently. These are just ideas right, that you, that you discussed in that this is not is unacceptable, right? This cannot be. I, I will tell you. Just going back to two Torah scholars, the two of the greatest Bali Musar, Bali Mashkichim, people of thought in the 20th century, was Rabbi Eliyahu Dessler and Rabbi Rucham uh, and um, Rabbi Chatzka Levenstein. Rabbi Dessler was the Mashkiach of Panovich Yeshiva. And uh, he, he was famous for his Mikhtam uh, Eliyahu, Strive for Truth. By the way, if anyone wants to read a, a great English series, Strive for Truth Pro by Feldheim is, is fantastic. Right? Right? So, and, and Reb Chatzkel Levenstein. Reb Chatzkel had a very strong difference with, with Eliyahu Dessler. They had the same Rebbe. How to, how to, how to uh, um, teach students. And he, one time he stopped him on the street of Israel and he said, I want to tell you something which I think you're very incorrect about. I mean, imagine this. Rav Dessler is a greater great. He has students flocking to him. Right? People walking all around looking at him. And Rav Chatzel is now going to tell him what he thinks, and strongly. So they both learned in the same yeshiva. Whenever they had to accept rebuke in the Kelm yeshiva, you know what they did? They used to go like this. And they used to, put, they used to go like that. You know what? Because they would be able to accept rebuke and not get angry. Right? So that's an unbelievable thing. It means there were, people wanted to work, but not only being able to, uh, give it, 
right? But to take it as well. So I, he doesn't say this here, but I would even say, if you know somebody's going to come and tell you something, you have to be able to take it as well without getting angry. Right? How often, talking about lost opportunity, how often do people give us, our closest friends, our closest relatives, true and important pointers or advice? The, the, the things that no one but somebody who actually cared would say. Right? And we get upset. We get angry. We, we get, they're helping us and we get angry. So just like I would recommend, just like there's a coat to wear to give, there should be a coat to wear to take. So somebody tells you, I want to talk to you something important. And you know, you know what's coming next. <laughs> right? Especially if it's, you know, your husband has that look. My, my wife, she's, you know, my mother used to always tell me years ago, that whenever I call her Tzadikis, she got nervous. <laughs> so, because whenever I say Ima Tzadikis, I was gonna, something else was gonna come up next. Right? Like, whenever she said, you know, so, and if I ever said Ima Tzadikis, you know, you're so great, you're so unbelievable, she's like, tell me! <laughs> you know, what, what's next? You know? Right, right? So, so if you hear that, Ima Tzadikis, you know, and you know, your husband has whatever, so there should be something in our head, that if it's not like this, but there's a jacket, there's a coat, you say, wait, I gotta get something, you know, my ring, or I gotta change my finger ring, whatever it is, then you're not gonna get upset at that moment. So no matter what, you're gonna listen. You may even agree. By the way, I'll tell you that what happened in that story. Rev Chatzkel told me Rev Dessler how, how he felt he should deal with his students. Rev Dessler sat like this for five minutes listening. Both of them, I think they were both in the 60s at the time. Right? And at the end of the conversation, Ravdasha said to him, thank you very much, but I happen to disagree. <laughs> he disagreed. <laughs> I, I, they thanked him. He was hot so fat that he screamed at him. Mama screamed at him. Because he cared. And he's, he, he listened. He happened to disagree. Right? He happened to disagree. And by the way, Ravdasha was the shepherd for, for the years after this. And I, if anyone has to ask me afterwards what the difference was, it's an interesting difference in, in, in methodology. But, just like you give, so in the Chavetz if you had an hour, when you sat down in that hour, or that ten minutes, you know what you were doing? You were ready to listen. Not only the person ready to give, but you were ready to listen. Whether you're a teacher, you're a leader, you have to realize, right, that even when a place is appropriate, right, if you have somebody selling drugs, you gotta scream. <laughs> you have a person missionizing, you gotta scream. Right? You have a person, you know, you don't just sit back and do this, right? You have a person misleading people, you don't just sit, you don't just stay, you stay, stay back, so, right? But you, you can't lose yourself in the process. And again, you, when you're angry, you can't even think clearly anymore. You, you lose perspective, right? If you're a leader, you're a teacher. We are fortunate that Mrs. Gallant in the crowd, okay, who is an expert educator. If a teacher gets upset in the class, is it possible that she's going to lose perspective? And even if she's right, right? Am I, am I, am I, am I wrong? When she loses herself, no matter what, she's no, she no longer can think clearly. That's it. Right? I mean, even if she does something crazy, and she has to put her foot down. And you can't see clearly anymore at that point. So whether you're a spouse, you're an educator, you're a, any, any kind of person, form of thing, right? it's not, it, it never is beneficial, even when you're right, and even when you have to show upsetness. 
even when you have to be angry, you're gonna make, you're gonna mess up at that point. Um, the Dorenu Hachalash, right? It says especially uh, in our generation, where students, you're talking about students, uh, can't handle uh, a lot of anger or ch- or kids, right? It's not like a uh, hundred years ago. People today, I once heard from a, a, a great person that Americans, in particular, like tissue paper. <laughs> you know, people's self-esteem are so weak. Right, people very right thin, very thin skins. Very, they can't. They know Rab Kotzko best on the streets of Israel fifty years ago, screaming at him and you know, sitting there quietly. I remember they, their self-esteem would be killed. Someone just says, you know, you don't, your dress doesn't look nice. People like they don't. No. First of all, they're upset. You know, so whether it's a child, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a student, right? If you're angry, you're gonna lose your point. If, you know, except for great individuals who are really developed or have a strong sense of self. Yeah, even ha- even you, you're not, it, not only are you not again. Why would you be angry at the person? Because they need they need the anger. But if you if you lose yourself or you give too much of it, it's counterproductive. You lose them completely. And you destroy them. You break them. You don't make them. If you're getting angry at a, at a child or at a student, or you need to show up sadness at your spouse. It's not to get angry at them. It's to get to, to the bottom line to help them. <laughs> right? That's what we're doing it for. Well, in our world, it's very often counterproductive. So therefore, even more so, we have to be in control of ourselves to be able to give the proper dosage. Right? There is a dosage. Right? Just like any... It could be a fantastic antibiotic. It could be the, just the, the, right, uh, uh, the right cure. But if it's too high, hey, you overdose. And it's, it's counterproductive. So yeah, there there has to be a degree of anger. But if you're upset and you're not on top of yourself, you won't be able to prescribe the right dosage. And a person needs to be able to give the right dosage. Man, And for this, we have to uh, again uh, work on our uh, work on ourselves and realize realize whenever we have something where we need to show anger, there is a danger. There is an, uh, there is a danger. That yes, right now this situation, this 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 reality necessitates me being upset, but I cannot lose myself in the process. And therefore, how am I going to do this? Now, I would suggest for those who've tasted the bitter medicine of being angry, they should. He doesn't say this, but this is my recommendation. If you got upset at your child, you got upset at your spouse, you got upset at. Let's say you have a parent who's not taking their medication. Now, again, people with elderly parents. If your parents not taking their, their medic, medication, they're endangering themselves. I know somebody who very recently didn't take their medication; they almost died. Okay, literally almost died. So you need to, you know, first of all, keep it on the aim, <laughs> honoring parents. But you still have to get. The, you, if you're the caretaker for your parent, and it's a role reversal. You got to be able to make sure they take it. So, and this, you you got upset at your parent. You not that you got upset at your parent. You lost yourself, and because you lost yourself. You didn't have keep out of the aim, even though you're trying to help the parents. So what should you do the next time? What should you do? You have to mentally visualize, in this situation, how am I going to be able to communicate, even showing up, without me losing myself, without me getting upset? And per- mentally project, person gets angry at a child, gets angry at a, at a spouse, and they ever get angry. So now, the next day, visualize success. Visualize it in your person's mind, how they would deal with the situation in, in the proper in the proper manner. 
Right? That's, you know, sometimes our mistakes are the best lessons and impetuses and catalysts for success. Right? Our husband, you asked him to do 20 things, he didn't do any of them. And there's ramifications. And you need to show that this is serious because you were supposed to give the kid breakfast, he didn't get breakfast. Right? Or you're supposed to give my mother this. And there's, you need to show him you're upset. And you got upset and you lost yourself in the process. So visualize, visualize how next time, how next time, and, and plan out in your head, right, how you'll be successful. Now again, like all medicines and, and practices, this should be at most 10, 15 minutes. You shouldn't be sitting there all day thinking afterwards, oh, you know, playing this out. It's not a healthy thing. But think for a few moments how you'll be successful next time in doing this. When there is a re- legitimate, important reason to show outwards anger and you lost it inside. Because again, there's never, ever, ever, ever a legitimate reason for internal anger. And therefore, the fact that a person did have that, Wait, can you say that again? never, ever, 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 a reason for internal anger. Period. So you shouldn't have internal anger? Ever. So then, then you should express it externally? Externally, yeah. Absolutely. You would be a good actor. Or actress. I thought was it, you said earlier we're not supposed to express our anger because then we look like a lunatic. So, you, there is, so I thank you for that question. There is a difference when you're internal angry or external angry. When you're external angry, you, you're in control of yourself. You look like a lunatic where you're not in control of yourself. Okay? You look like a lunatic where you're not. So you're showing, you can see the difference when a person's out of control. I mean, I, and I tell you from personal, I had teachers when I was a student give it to me over the head when I was a Bachar Yeshiva. But I knew they were in control of themselves. <laughs> I, I was very, very, I, I was, I was very aware. And I knew I had teachers who I saw lost it. They popped the, they popped the cork. I knew they were out of control. You can pick that up very easily. Somebody who's in control of themselves, right? I, I, I you know, Again, when I'm, if I'm, if I'm, a, uh, if I wait in an hour, I'm going to take my son or my daughter, I'm going to give it to him on the head. I can smile the next second. After I get to that, I can smile the next second because I'm in control. <laughs> I can say, give me a hug and give him a kiss this next second happily. This is not internal. It's external. Right? And a kid can see that as well. Or a spouse can see that as well. People are very perspe- per- perceptive. Right? If somebody's in control or not. And when you lose, when you lose, when it becomes internal, when it's internal anger, others will realize that as well. And when it's external, others will realize it as well. Not only will you realize that. Not only if we're honest, we'll realize that you'll do it as well. Okay. The next and last, uh, point, before, before we call it, uh, a quarter, uh, is as follows. Hasavlanis makife harbe yaser. Right? Patience, being able to, to absorb, being able to take, being uh, tolerant, not and, and, and not to get angry. Um, there's a lot more, but he says, you know, there's a certain amount um, that you can say and certain that you can't. This is the The Gemara says, Tanra Bonim. Okay, our sage says as follows. Lavin, in an older person who can take humiliation and does not humiliate back. Shoyimin Kherpasan who can listen to their somebody scoff at them, they ain't a and they don't answer back. they do things out of love. Usmechin be are even happy with the difficulties of life. 
God loves these people. They are beloved, such people, right? Who can take a certain amount of abuse. Now, again, nobody's talking about in, being in abusive relationships, which are negative. But, there's, but again, there's a certain amount of inherent in life things that don't work out, inherent difficulties in life, inherent humiliations in life. But everyone, which everyone encounters, some people daily, some people weekly. But everyone has it for sure weekly. For sure weekly. Hey, you're not alone. <laughs> not one here and no one listening. We're all in the same boat. There are all opportunities where things don't work, work, work out just the way we like. And there, there are people we can snap back, or we can answer back, or we can push back. Right? And a person, when it's not necessary, obviously if something's self-destructive, somebody needs to hear it, we're not talking about that. But if it's only a question of, of ourselves, such a person is beloved to God. Today's Hashem is also is the is the it, the sun and the strength. It's a person of great deeds. Right? Person who's a great person is a person who can bear. A person who can bear bear tremendous amounts and not get upset, and not get angry, and not get discouraged, and not get disappointed, not get perturbed. This is the, the final thing about being able to bear. We talked very often about uh, people aggravating us and annoying us. But there are times where life is difficult. Someone wants to have a baby and it, and it doesn't happen. Somebody is physically ill or their relative is physically ill. Somebody is struggling financially. Okay? And it bears down. It, it robs a person. Right? You... Um, and he's, a person can handle them. Again, we a person is happy in those circumstances and doesn't get edgy, doesn't get angry, doesn't get disappointed, doesn't is not angry at others and angry at the world because of their difficulties in, in life. And on the contrary, he's still happy. Now, it doesn't mean if you're sick, don't take medication so you stay sick. <laughs> right? I have a flu. I'm not going to do anything. I, I'm going to enjoy my sickness. Of course, no. Right? You take care of yourself. You do everything to get out of that situation. Right? You're in a bad relationship. Of course you do everything to get out of there. But as long as that, you've done your part, right? You know, there, you know, as discussed earlier, there are people in this world, you, you're not gonna satisfy everyone in this world. Right? And there may even be a relative you can't make it happy. Right? You just have to accept it. Remember we talk about in-laws. Right? I mean, there's sometimes, you have, uh, you accept the person for the art and they don't accept you. You've accepted your mother-in-law. You, you went to Rabbi Levine's class, you listened over ten times, and you accept the person for who they are. But they, they didn't come to the class, and they don't accept you. And you have to deal with this mother-in-law. You have to deal with this daughter-in-law, this sister-in-law, this father-in-law, brother-in-law, right? And it's difficult. You're you're the good person. You, so does that mean you walk around angry at everyone else because you're stuck like this? No, that means a person who can accept it, right? A person who has this challenge in life, this difficult, certainly physical difficulties. Somebody wants to get married, right? And they and they, and they just keep trying. Right? And they are working hard on it. It's difficult. Not easy. Right? And you, you, again, you already get married, you gotta date, <laughs> you gotta pray, you gotta do everything that's necessary. But it's difficult. So a person who, who, who smiles through difficulty, a person who enjoys it, you have a relative who's sick, you know, it's so difficult, it bears down the whole family. Grudges uh, on, on everyone. You in a lo- uh, 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 and, and not only that, or as, and, and a person who could become quiet and who hold 
things when somebody insults them, and there's no point in saying anything back. Right? You walk by somebody, not an hour shul, some <laughs> community somewhere, I don't know mm-hmm. where, it would be, and you walk in the shul and somebody says something discourteous to you. And you smile. You don't say anything back. You know? Someone walks by, can, uh, again, I, I can, uh, I'm sure there wouldn't be, you know, it says, oh, what a weird dress you're wearing. <laughs> I, I mean, what kind of, you know, this is obviously a low, lowly person. But you have an impulse to say, how dare you? Or what's your problem? Or be or be self-righteous. Oh, you must have had a tough night. I must have had a bad night's sleep. You know, or rufuah shlima. Or, or, you know, or something, you just don't say anything. You know, you, you walk, what are they, what are you, are they going to affect your life? You're not going to see this person the rest of your life. Right? Or you have, let's go back to the mother-in-law who doesn't accept you. He's just not going to accept you. And you've tried to communicate. You've tried to communicate, and no matter no matter what you've done, you've accepted her. She hasn't accepted you, it, and you just sit and smile, and you listen, because you know that communicating is not going to do anything, and you don't let her phase you. Right? Says 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 the Gemara in Again, if you could communicate, you should communicate. If you could articulate it, that we'll talk. That's of course <laughs> simple. But you try that, and she's 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 not listening. And anytime you communicate, it's negative. So you'll sit and you'll smile, right? And nothing's happened. And a person's able to do that. Not easy. Not easy. There's a certain amount of giving you have to do, and something's very very difficult, right? A person who could hold themselves back at a time where they could be upset. A person like who does that gives a tremendous spiritual sustenance to the world. In the metaphysical world, tremendous for their world and for the world around. That's Gvura. That's internal greatness. That's godless. Right? To be able to, to take it and smile and appreciate uh, even the edification. And you feel bad for that person, actually. You know, you feel bad. Hey, not easy, especially with your mother-in-law, or brother-in-law, and father-in-law, son-in-law, daughter-in-law. Hey, friend, ex-friend. <laughs> hey, somebody who's who's reputable, where it's not going to have any benefit, and just smile and go on. Our other has certainly a person who could could bear, take. Life's challenges, life's difficulties, right? Challenges. Mistako ha'olam berachmanes greater ish ena miyaches dafklo gvuro. Tasha sovu gadol yaisur meish problem. You think we think who do we think is great? We think the person who accomplishes tremendous deeds, right? Hey, right, let's you know the person who builds and does it. It could be a person who has a life difficulty, physical illness, and overcomes it. Right? Uh, challenges. They're they're the highest. We imagine sometimes that the lady was married with sixteen kids, right? And the girl was never trying to get married for seven years, right? Ah, she what's she maybe she tried her hardest, right? and she's at a much higher level for that reason. Of course, she should try to get married. She doesn't give up, right? You don't give up. And she's supposed to get married. She's supposed to have kids. But we don't realize who's really greater. A person who takes his servant. Right? A person has all of their strength. And they're able to do a lot of things. Another person 
God forbid, has diabetes and asthma and I don't know, gout and gangrene, you know, package deal, right? They, you look at them, what could they possibly do? 60% of the time, they're at home. But that person who has that, they're smiling, they're happy in life, take God's gifts. Who says who's better, who's greater? We very often look, right, in the world of Hashem, who says who's greater? Right? Who says who's greater? We, we assume that the person we, you know, he's accomplishing, she's doing great things. She's, she's doing, she's the head of Bikr Cholin. She's the head of visiting the sick. She organizes the meals. She does fantastic. And she, maybe she is greater. If the person does that's fantastic. Give up the road. But maybe the person who's actually the Cholin, actually the sick lady, who every day is happy and counts her blessings, I'll tell you an unbe- unbelievable thing. I'm like shocked beyond my mind. Uh, so, in fact, when I used when one day this week when everything was going crazy, I said, "Maybe my family say this at the table." My body, she should live and be well. She's a hundred years old. My grandmother, she's a hundred years old. She is a Holocaust survivor who lost a hundred family members in the Holocaust. She lost her first husband in the Holocaust. She, my aunt is my mother's half sister. She was she was taken away from her for two years in the Holocaust. She's a pilot. She is. Okay, Kanai Nahara, she now has, just from her, dozens of Anaklach, dozens of, of, of uh, you know, she's, she's, she's not 100% <laughs> at this point, you know, mentally, physically, she's, thank God, but also she kept telling me on, on this path, I call her every Friday, I call every, you know, I call, I call her every Friday, both my, both my grandmothers, and, uh, both my mommies, and so she tells me, she kept telling me over and over, she says, you have to say, Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. Right? If you say that God will always be good with you. Right? Say, Baruch Hashem, thank God every day. Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. I, I, she, she kept telling it to me. Like, and like, so, I don't know where it's coming from. But she was like, you must say, Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. You can tell, and she said, Menachem, you're going to say that? I said, yeah, I'm going to say it. She said, you're going to say it? Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. And I, I, I was thinking, you know what the funny thing is? Like the next day I said, Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. I felt great. You know, like, thank God every day. You know, she wanted to go. And what a fantastic thing. Hey, a person who can say, even in a difficult day, when they're struggling, it's painful, Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. Hey, hey, what an unbelievable, right? What an unbelievable thing. We don't, don't realize who's great. A person who can praise God and live God, right, in that reality, hey, even when in the difficulties, that's a tremendous level. Tremendous level. We'll see in a minute how great it is. Hashem Yisraelim, Hashem Yisraelim, should watch over us. We pray every single day that we should have no trials and tribulations. We're not looking for it. Right? Our trials and tribulations should be through chesed. We push ourselves in doing good deeds. We push ourselves not, you know, in, in, for, uh, for, uh, for a man in Torah study and in, in, in davening, we put ourselves in, our, in, in the midst of making a living for, I mean, we should push ourselves in life actually, by the way, again, is, is one of the things which take away your sermon, because if you exert yourself in Torah mitzvahs, then you don't need the, they don't need the rectification from your sermon. Doesn't mean, uh, uh, again, I'm going into complex things, but a person should push himself. We don't look for your sermon, we don't ask for this, we ask that everything should work out. You know, we, perfectly. We, we, you know, we try to make it perfect. We do our part, but the card, the deck of cards that God gives, we're happy with. We guys, we have a custom-made university just for us. Each one of us is given exactly, exactly what we need. 
exactly what we need. Right? Which means if we don't do our part, we're going to get, obviously, you know, we, God could decree for us a great living. <laughs> we don't work, we're not going to get it. And maybe if we don't pray, we're not going to get it. It could be that God said, if you pray, you'll get it. If you don't pray, it won't happen. Right? But we're not going to know if, if, if we, unless we pray. But let's imagine we prayed and we did it. Right? A person wants to get married. Uh, I can tell you, realistically, for every, every person, for a rabbi, the three times people really become holy, getting married, children, living, or getting a job. Right? And then, of course, health. Someone's sick. Right? I mean, you're in... All these things are, are a lack, are, are a dirt, right? And, and you realize at that point, it's not all up to me, right? Getting married, by the way, <laughs> it doesn't always work, right? Having a child, you can try and try. There's a certain percent, it just doesn't, right? Getting a job, right? And we're talking about our current uh, economy, right? Getting a job. Now, doesn't you can have great skills. doesn't always work, Right? Sickness? You can. I know somebody. This lady, my mother's friend, literally was organic. Anything you can imagine, healthy, exercised, got sick. Right? It is, that doesn't always work. And getting better is there's there's always percentages. So people typically will pray more and do more. And are you obligated to do more? You're obligated. So, but once you do, it doesn't ma- mean that you're guaranteed to get the result you like. A person's happy. If we don't do our part, <laughs> then. We're at fault. 100% of fault. 100% of fault. We don't do our part. But once we did our part, we said, listen, I did my part. I did what I was supposed to do. I davened. I tried. And there's a certain feeling, like I did my thing. And, and we don't realize that God does exactly what we need. We don't always understand it. We can't always appreciate it. But Hashem gives us exactly what we need. Now, it doesn't mean to stop davening. Right? You daven and you daven and you daven, especially for spiritual things. Anything with spiritual. But if we're not getting it, it could be, it doesn't mean to get, again, you know, daven more, right? But at the end of Hashem gives exactly what we need. And a person who can take that difficulty, whether it's frustration or physical illness or relative having physical illness, right? I, I, I literally got a call from somebody this is, believe, without exaggeration, um, somebody in the Bay Area, uh, that, uh, the family had a traumatic experience, not somebody from Amakad. Family had a traumatic experience. And, so, somebody tells me they want the person to, 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 to study Torah. So why? The person was not particularly observant. Because if, that, that it was causing a friction in the marriage, because it's a traumatic experience. And if they study Torah, right, then, it will, it will be the, the answer to this situation. So I said to the person, listen, it, it for sure will help, 100%, but they have to learn how to deal with the situation they were giving to. There are very pious Jews who pray, and have long beards, or nice shaitals, who, who would be upset also at the situation. You have to be able to deal with a situation. It's not just studying Torah. There are religious Jews who could lose a child and be broken. <laughs> right? There are religious Jews who went through the Holocaust. Right? I'm telling you as a, as a person who's all four of my grandparents were Holocaust survivors. Right? There are people who are broken and there are people who are not. I'm not judging. That's like a challenge of you sir. Never to judge such people who went through that. Ever. Ever. <laughs> but 
there's a difference if a person accepts it and a person doesn't. A person has a relationship to Hashem and a, and, and the person who, a person who doesn't. Right? And a person who, who who's connected to Hashem and is able to take Yisurin, that's a tremendous level. It means you accept God gives us what we are supposed to have. Right? And we don't get angry at God. We don't get angry at life. We don't get frustrated at life. And we don't give up at life. Because you know what the worst thing is? People give up. People get up, give up having a baby. People give up getting married. People give up get, uh, getting healthy because uh, they're angry at God. They blame God. They literally they blame God. Right? And they, they take out their anger at everyone, everyone at some level. And they're not, they take out their anger at themselves. They're depressed or unhappy or unsatisfied. And even they have other fantastic things in life. So a person has to be the Kabbalah user. Maybe to realize Hashem gives us exactly what we need. And a person who does that's a tremendous level. It's a person who can say, Baruch Hashem, Yom Yom. My Bobby didn't realize she's going to get into the drush, into this class. <laughs> I, I mean, she would be saying, like, I can't even describe it. Say it again. <laughs> I, uh, so, uh, I, I, Baruch Hashem, Yom Yom. A person who can appreciate every single day. A person who could really live Baruch Hashem Yomo, thank God every day, no matter what the day brings. Thank God. You know, appreciate the gifts. And appreciate the more profound thing that we have exactly what we need. Right? Like God's giving us what we don't. We sometimes think we don't know what we need. Right? But God gives us what we really need. The Ain and Baruch A person doesn't get broken, that's a great from the greats. A person can even be on their deathbed. This is, of course, taking it to an extreme. And without contentions, he could be at a higher level for a person who's rich around. And again, it's easy to say when a person is 95 years old. You know, I, I'm just telling two people today, you know, one Gentile and one secular Jew as you get. But I'm in the ICU enough to know what goes on in the ICU. When people are 90 years old, 95, people handle it. When people's 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, right? It's not pleasant in there. And if you meet a person when they're, when they're, when they're, you know, and they're happy in their state, when, when they're young, or different, who knows the level they're at the end? Again, we don't look for that. God forbid, we stay far away. But who knows the, the level that, um, that they're at, right? A person who can connect to Hashem at that level says, he quotes his, his father-in-law, he never met his father-in-law. Father-in-law died in the Holocaust. He married the daughter after the Holocaust. The Torah of was the Mashkiach of the Slabodka Yeshiva. He, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's brother-in-law. That was the Torah of Ram. So, he says, follows well, to say that a person who can take Yisurin, right, is from the, the absolute high... Yes. So, we were, we were saying that if a person could be on their deathbed that... That came even at the highest. Of course, we don't look for that Eastern. So he quotes his brother, the Torah of Ram, who said that a person who can bear difficulties, you know what it is to have a mother-in-law who's not pleasant? Difficult. You know what it is to, to, to want to get married and you're desperate to, to build a Jewish home? It's difficult. A person who's physically ill and every day is a struggle. Difficult. Person wants to have a child and it's not coming, or wants to have another child, or a person who, who wants their child to be in a certain way, <laughs> and they do their parts. Uh, they do their parts. 
right? <laughs> they do their part. It's not, it's not easy, right? I mean, it's, you put your kishkas, you put your, your whole self into this child, and they're not, you can't choose for them, right? It's difficult, and it's not pleasant, right? A person who wants to even on spiritual levels, and it's difficult. A person who can do that happily. I mean, well, I mean spiritual and difficult, and they bear, and they, they bear with it to, to get to those levels, right? That's a level, and a person can be happy. That's a tremendous level, says the Teres of Mikan is for the Jewish people in the, in the exile. Talmud is a remarkable Gemara. The Gemara says as follows. The Gemara Talmud says in the Yavamas from Zion and Beis, Talmud, Ger Shabali Hizkayar. You have a, a potential convert. Okay? Ger Shabali Hizkayar. Bizman Hazeb. The Gemara says when, when someone wants to convert, I've dealt with plenty of conversions. Right? Hey, there's a certain protocol when someone wants to convert. There's a certain way you, you deal with it. Obviously, there's different strokes for different folks, but there's a bottom line. Um, Gear Shabbat Skyrim is one of probably wants to convert in our day. Now, remember the time of Talmud, Talmud's 4th century in Babylonia already, the Christian world was, early Christianity was really very anti-Semitic, Romans were, were no pleasant people, not easy being a Jew, and really until the 20th century for that reason, very few converts, because if you were converted in the Muslim world, it was a death sentence, and for most of Catholic Europe, it was a death sentence for, uh, as well. Okay, you converted in 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 the 16th, 17th, 18th century. You died. You got burnt uh, for converting to Judaism. So if they did convert, by the way, they used to do it incognito, and they would pretend that they disappeared. That's how it used to be in Europe. There's always a shulchan aruch about conversions. In our day, in our time, I actually gave a lecture once about conversion, and they, uh, it's uh, it's different. It's it's for real people. There's a lot more potential converts, a lot more fake converts, a lot more issues, and a lot more people want to convert for good reasons and for bad. But no matter what, the Talmud says you gerish about this guy. You tell him as follows: What do you want to convert for? Right? I mean, you know, what what makes you want to convert? Now, again, the past forty years in America, I'm going to take out for this equation for 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 a minute. Don't you know the Jewish people? We're 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 scorned. We're persecuted. We're abused. Right? right? You, 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 <laughs> Why would you want to convert? You want to join your your grandchildren could walk onto a university and be screamed at for being a Jew. Right? You can wear a yarmulke on the streets if you're in Paris or London today. And be endangered. Like, you're, you, you can, you can't walk anywhere and come out anywhere in the Arab world as a religious Jew wearing a kippah or wearing, uh, 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 being, uh, 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 ostensibly Jewish and not be at some, could you walk around Shiraz and Tehran with a yarmulke? No. <laughs> How long would you last? Not that long. long, right? <laughs> right? I mean, you can go, I mean, and you're gonna put your family into this. Why would you do this? Um, 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 if a person says, uh, you know, I know this, I'm really not worthy to join these people, but I want to, I, I want to merit. Then you take such a person. Of course you have to be able to, to, to do Judaism. A person with that attitude, he says, yeah, I know the Jewish people, right? I'm willing to, I don't care what comes my way. Right? I don't, I, I, this is what I want to be part of. You take it right away. Why is this? Right? 
I, I, I want to be part of the Jewish people. Sorry, the Jewish people, we're, we're miraculous people, by the way. You mean, the attention we get in the world today, on every level, our accomplishments on every level, are, are beyond belief. Right? The greatest, you know, the greatest proof is, is who we are. I mean, we're the eternal people. Right? But there's no question, even today, you, know, you look at whether it's in Israel, on every level, it's a, di- a different standard. Right? A completely different standard. Right. But so Klal Yisrael in the Gullus is not going to have a, a, a red carpet in the exile. But this is the greatness of the Jewish people. Listen to this. A person who can handle it, who can take difficulties and still be great and still be connected, that's a person who can be a convert. Right? If a person can take life's difficulties... That's who a Jew is. It's a remarkable Gemara. The Gemara is like this. The Nebuchadnezzar once had a terrible thing. And, um, and, he, and he was saved, and he wanted to sing songs to God. And he said he wanted to sing a better song than even Chizkiah Melech Yehuda, Chizkiah, when, when, when Sanhedrin was destroyed, he, he sang a song thanking God. And, uh, and Nebuchadnezzar wanted to sing even a greater song. And the Gemara says that Amalek came and punched him in the mouth. That he shouldn't sing a song being greater than Chizkiah's. Because the Katsuka Rabbi has a tremendous thing. Says, How is that fair? He was going to sing such a great song. He was singing a, a great... Why did the mouth punch in the mouth? Punch in the mouth. You know what the Katsuka Rabbi said? He says, this is the difference between the Je- Jewish people and the Gentiles. A Gentile, when life is good and great, right, could, could be happy. When you're when the struggling and difficulty... And grinding, it, 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 it's you don't see God at that moment. Right? You don't feel God at that moment. A, a Jew, wherever and wherever it is, is able to say, "Hashem, I know you give what's best for me." That's the whole right? Well, 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 yeah, right. Uh, wherever you give is, is best for me. And if someone wants to convert to Judaism, they have to have that mentality. It's not just you're a Jew. If I get married right away. I have children right away, I become Jewish, I become healthy, and life is good. <laughs> you, a Jew has to be, safe, be able to say, even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, even when it's bitter, I love you, Hashem. Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. Even when my kids don't listen to me. Right? Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. That's the essence of Kalal Yisrael. That's what it means to be a Jew in the, the Gullahs. Amr Abadalai, but to view me, in the Thomas and Chagiga, if a person can't can, can't love God, even when things are more oblique, when more difficult, he's not a Jew. A person who can't take it when they're difficult is not a Jew. It means you're missing what Judaism is about. You're, mi- you're not you're not connected to the Torah. A Jew has to be able to be soyable under cold things. That's why when a convert wants to convert, you you say. Life is not supposed to be dandy. This world is not the world to come. <laughs> We're living in Olam Azah. This is not the world uh, world to come. Olam Azah is going to have challenge relations. You have to know that Hashem is going to give us exactly what we need though. Um, this is the greatness of the Jewish people. That we're able to even take the bitter of the yath, and that's what will bring us to the ultimate redemption. And for ourselves, to the extent that we're happy and Appreciate that Hashem gives us what, what we want. We are able to slowly to take anything. If we know that, that whatever we have, if we've done our part, 
and only if we've done our part. Our part means both on a material level and on the pr- level of prayer and our merits and charity. If we do our part, we, we should know and be happy that whatever we have is exactly what we need, even if we can't imagine at the moment. And again, it doesn't mean to try, to change, try not to change the situation, but as long as it's not changed, right? We are we are soivo, we are happy with what we are, and with that, we reach greater heights and the greatest heights, right? And therefore, when we ended with we started with kas about anger, of being appreciating the people around us and being able to bear and to take and to work on that, and we'll end it even on the more lofty levels of taking life's difficulties, even in the most darker areas of life. And darker means you can have relatives who who sick, they die. You you. <laughs> I mean, that's dark. I mean, there's nothing, nothing to say about that, right? You, you, you want to get married, you're waiting for years, right? You want to have children. Life is, life, and you're still happy. You still rejoice. You still say, Baruch Hashem Yom Yom, take it from my bubby, who lives to 100 years old, okay? To 100 years old and saw, and saw the, and saw the, 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 and saw the, and saw the ghettos, right? And, and the, if you can say, Baruch Hashem Yom Yom, you'll be happy in this world, happy in the next, we're going to hold here. We'll take a, a, a couple weeks breaks. I encourage everyone to re, to listen to the lectures again and to work on it. And uh, I, I'm not, I haven't decided what the next topic will be, but we'll do the same type of thing. It'll probably be a six, seven-week series on another topic uh, as well. Thank you.